good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, hidden cut again. Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Which means distant thunder, and my colonized name is Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. As you know, Zoe, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. And Zoe, uh, do you want to just give a quick preview of the show today? And of course, we're going to have a really quick up next uh, Ogama with the news. But what else is happening tonight? Yeah, so tonight's going to be exciting. Um, One of my really good friends, Jennings Mergenthal, is going to be on. They are a, I don't even know, historian, scientist, storyteller, so much to talk about, so much that they do, but they'll be joining us um, and talking specifically about the work that they do at the Science Museum of Minnesota as the community engagement specialist. So very Uh, exciting. That is exciting. And we're going to get Ogama with the news here in just one second. I know it's uh, over the years of teaching, I had a lot of students work down there too. So doing video and all these groovy things down there. So I'm excited to to uh, uh, talk to him and uh, have you lead the way. But without any further ado, uh, let's get with Ogama with the news that you don't hear anywhere else. Welcome, Ogama. Hey, Buju relatives, this is Ogama Gunuakwe. I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I have some news and information for you here today. The first thing that I'd like to say is that our prayers are up for the uh, 25 people who were killed um, during the uh, tornadoes that ripped through the state of Mississippi and in Alabama um, over the weekend, or it was, I believe, last Friday. And uh, President Biden has since cl- declared a state of emergency to ensure that federal funds would be available to those communities. These are some of the poorest places in the nation. So um, prayers are up to those to those people. And, uh, you know, it's just hard when we hear about these types of um, these types of disasters and they're becoming more and more common. So just wanted to take a minute to rise up for that. And um, I don't know if we could consider this a disaster because uh, I think in some ways it was needed. But uh, in the riots that followed the murder of George Floyd, uh, McGizzy Communications, uh, their building was destroyed. And uh, they've just recently put out that they have a grand opening planned for Thursday, October 5th of this year. So I know that's a ways out, uh, but mark your calendars, people. Thursday, October 5th from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at 1845 East Lake Street in Minneapolis will be the grand opening of the new McGizzy uh, Communications uh, at their new building. And uh, that's just going to be so exciting. Um, I know that after um, their original building was destroyed, they had a lot of support from the community uh, just kind of come flooding in. And uh, people sent in donations and they were able to take that money and turn around and, and rebuild and um, that'll be really, really exciting to see, Robert. I don't, I don't know about you if you plan to go down to the, to the uh, opening event, but I think it'd be great to uh, get some people and, um, you know, celebrate that we're moving forward from those things. Yeah, we, uh, I'm our, uh, there was a ceremony at the old place that was burned down, and we walked up to the new building, uh, of course, prior to the renovations that they're having there, but. Uh, that, that happened like right after uh, George Floyd and they got a new building right up the street. Well, it was like about six blocks. So it was a long time, long walk for me. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, another event that's coming up uh, with the Fairview Community and Wellness Hub in St. Paul, April 13th and 14th from 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Um, they're having a gathering where uh, people can get space and time to receive healing practices from various local and global uh, grandmothers and practitioners. So that's going to be at the Fairview Community Health and Wellness Hub on West 10th Street in St. Paul, Minnesota. The event is free and open 
open to all who identify as uh, health and wellness practitioners and service providers. It's called Heal the Healers Gathering. So um, that is definitely something new and kind of exciting to see. Um, definitely check out uh, both of the events I just mentioned. Uh, do have links to um, RSVP and get more information on eventbrite.com. So just wanted to mention that. The next thing I wanted to touch base on, uh, the Red Lake Nation Tribal Embassy on Cedar Avenue, Friday, April 7th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. They're having tribal IDs, $15, and elders who are 55 and up are free. So members of the Red Lake Nation, if you need a new tribal ID, you're going to be in the Twin Cities. You're going to want to go down to the embassy, 9 to 4 on April 7th. Number to call is 612-874-9588 if you need any more information. Just really excited to see that. And, um, you know, always, always an excuse to talk about my tribe, right, Robert? <laughs> Mr. Ho-Chung, you do Good the same. One. I think we all want to uh, take yes. that time. Um, the when are the first American, uh, to cross the, uh, finish line of the 2023 uh, LA Marathon was a Hopi Navajo citizen, uh, Hosava Kretzman, and uh, was t- he was told that after he crossed, he was the first American and the sixth person to cross the finish line. Uh, he's 28 years old, and he finished the 26.2 mile marathon in a time of two hours, 19 minutes, and 55 seconds. And that was actually the first full marathon that Kretzman had ever run. Um, and he was uh, sixth among 22,000 runners who participated in the Los Angeles Marathon. So that is amazing and so exciting. I know I just kind of like uh, peeped that a little bit last week that that had happened, uh, but it's just so great when we see our people doing great. And uh, shout out to Native News Online for that awesome story. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about was that the um, Henrietta Mann, uh, who is uh, part of Native America Calling, has received a National Humanities Medal uh, during a White House ceremony. Joe Biden had presented 11 medals, um, but Henrietta Mann, who's Cheyenne, um, got her National hum- Humanities Medal um, on Tuesday afternoon, and uh, she is a part of... Um, many different projects, um, but one of the ones she's most famous for is Native America Calling. Um, There was also uh, other Native American um, people who were awarded as well, including uh, Sean Spruce, who's Laguna Pueblo, Jacqueline Saley, who's in Nupiac, Denise Denise Morris, who's Aleut, and uh, Art Hughes of Native America Calling, and uh, Koinak Broadcasting Corporation all helped produce the radio show, and they were all present there. Um, And And Sir Elton John was awarded his first medal as well. So that was exciting too. But um, just happy to see that come through. I mean, um, the ceremony had been postponed because of the pandemic. Um, The award was actually for 2021. um, But the, um, you know, the award and for the work that Native America Calling does is just so important. And um, Robert, I know we've had um, Native America Callings, um, one of their broadcasters uh, joined us, Antonio Gonzalez, and she's taken over Native Roots Radio a few times, and uh, mm-hmm. we just can't thank them enough for that help and, you know, for bringing that over with um, their experience over to us as well. So really excited to see that group get some recognition. Um, last thing I want to touch about is the new movie, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, finally has a release date. It's an Apple original film, and it's with uh, Martin Scorsese, and it's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which uh, is after a book written by David Gran uh, by the same name called Killers of the Flower Moon, and it's set in Oklahoma in the 1920s. And the film depicts uh, the serial murders of oil-wealthy Osage Nation community members, um, which came to be known as the Reign of Terror. And the film is going to star Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, Jesse Plemons, and uh, just a whole amazing lineup, including Tantu Cardinal and Tatanka Means. Um, It's really been a lot of um, anticipation for this film, and the Osage uh, community has uh, been working really closely with the film director and uh, the community there, and they actually uh, the Osage community made some changes um, to what was originally planned in this movie. Um, so the release date is set for Friday, October 20th for global streaming on Apple TV plus. Uh, so start sharing your passwords uh, about early October, everybody and watch for killers of the flower moon and uh, shout out to Indian country today for their awesome coverage of that. 
Sandy uh, Whitehawk's husband's uh, an extra in there, uh, George. <laughs> yes, so look, there's a George. lot of extras and uh, Osage people and community members who got to be. Hey, Ogama Pinigigi, thanks for the news. As always, great fr- breath of fresh air. We'll be right back. Uh, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Oig. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Judge Janet Protasewicz is running to provide you with the justice you deserve. For years, Judge Janet has supported the youth and underrepresented communities. Judge Janet has strong values for public education and believes in setting our communities up for success. Judge Janet believes that Native rights are sovereign rights. Judge Janet understands the importance of issues such as missing and murdered Indigenous women, treaty rights, and hunting and gathering. Unlike her opponent, Judge Janet not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. Judge Janet knows the impact that our courts have on our communities, and she will bring integrity and fairness to the court. Judge Janet Protasewicz will fight for us. Let's fight for them. Make a plan to vote by April 4th. Find your polling place at vote.wisdoms.org. That's vote.wisdoms.org. Vote.wisdoms.org backslash ev. Paid for by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin as an in-kind to Janet for Justice. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This segment of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Woman Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, well, Zoe, uh, you have a guest on today. I'm really excited because it's about the Science Museum. And when I was a teacher at Harding High School, many of my students worked down there uh, over the 30 years and uh, learned a lot of skills. And some have kept on working there. So, Zoe, uh, why don't you take over the interview here and I will uh, sit back and uh, listen. Welcome, Zoe. Bonjour, relatives. Um, this is Zoe Allen. I just want to welcome a good friend of mine, Jennings Mergenthal, tonight. Um, they are coming from the Science Museum of Minnesota. Um, and I'm just really excited to see you, Jennings. <laughs> so if you want to give um, our listeners a little more of an introduction of who you are, um, Just for context, Jennings and I went to McAllister College together, um, and uh, if I have it right, Jennings, you studied um, biology? You you studied a lot of things. I feel like you majored in like six things. Maybe I have it totally wrong. No. Uh, Yeah. Hi, I'm Jennings Bergenthal. I use they, them pronouns. I have known Zoe for, I think, what is now like four and a half years, which is unsettling to think about. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we we met at Mac where I studied uh, bio and history, and now I am a community engagement specialist at the Science Museum of Minnesota. Yay. Jennings, I want to know uh, where your sideburns are right now. Um, They're they're still here. They're just blending into the headphones. Uh, Looking good. Sorry, Zoe. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask a little more about the work you do, um, yeah, we have lots of things to talk about. You know, Jennings, you also do puppetry. Um, I, you just, I don't even know. Again, you do a lot of things. <laughs> Wear a lot of hats. Um, but maybe we could just start off by talking about, you know, your position at the Science Museum, um, how you got into that, and if you guys have any um, programming coming up. 
Sure thing. So I have been at the Science Museum for just about uh, a year and a half now. Um, I do community engagement work around the museum collections. Um, like many museums, the Science Museum uh, feels bad about racism and bad about colonialism. Um, and so they send me out to apologize to people for it. And I don't think it means quite the same thing coming from me, but I do my best. Um, so I have, uh, part of my work is uh, running community listening sessions and then making uh, sort of programs and projects based on what we hear in those listening sessions in order to engage people around the museums and more specifically around the museum collections. Um, two of the, the main projects that I'm working on now are a, um, a culturally centered engineering kit for fourth and fifth graders that's getting distributed for free um, last year to a bunch of Hmong immersion schools and this year to a bunch of Hmong immersion schools and Spanish immersion schools. We um, worked with a storyteller to tell a story, not necessarily a traditional story. Um, this year's is um, one about the, the storyteller learning how to weave with her grandmother um, and hired an illustrator, made uh, little animated videos and aligned them with a little cardboard machine. So the students watch the videos, they take the kit, they make a little machine, they turn the crank and like the, the weaving goes back and forth or the corn goes up and down or whatever. Um, and uh, the project I'm working on is um, a community curators initiative that we're starting this year. Um, one of the things we heard from listening sessions with uh, community members is that they want to be able to empower, be empowered to tell their own stories um, and interpret their own objects that the museum is currently holding, um, as those have been traditionally very exclusive spaces. Um, so every month uh, since January through probably the end of June, uh, we're going to have a different community curator who gets a stipend to come in, work with the museum collections, pick an object, and then display it and do some interpretation. Um, and that's displayed in the museum lobby. So you don't even have to buy a ticket to see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I was, I was just about to ask too, um, is it still true that if you are an enrolled member of a federally recognized tribe that you can get into the science museum for free? It is, is still true. Um, and awesome. you don't even have to be an enrolled member or federally recognized. You can call the, the number on the, the website and use the Indigenous Access Program and you can get free museum tickets and free Omnifilm tickets and free parking as well. Um, you just have to call and set that up. I know what I'm wow. doing in a couple of weekends with my kids. I have a, a just, uh, almost 10-year-old, uh, and she's been begging me to take her. Um, and it's kind of a trip, and it can get kind of pricey to go. And I did not know that. So, Miigwech to you, Jennings, for sharing that with me. Yeah, Jennings, um, I did. I'm going to pull up that uh, website and uh, get the number for everybody as well. Jennings, I uh, just pushed the applause uh, button here when you said that. Go ahead, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's awesome. Was and and that initiative, did that just when did that come out? Was that before you started working there? Was that during? That was uh, a, another thing that came in response to some of the listening sessions that we did last year. Um, so we one of the barriers that we heard um, from indigenous community members was the museum is really expensive and also it's sort of inconveniently located. It takes forever to get there, and it's harder to move the museum. And it's harder to make public transit better. But it's, as it turns out, surprisingly easy to make uh, it free. So we did. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so many questions. Um, I guess one of the ones I, I do want to ask is personally is, um, what's your experience been like as an Indigenous person, as a Two-Spirit Indigenous person working at the Science Museum? And, you know, we have about four minutes here. So um, feel free to say as much as you want. Yeah, it's certainly been uh, in the most Minnesotan sense of the term interesting. Um, <laughs> I do, I do really, I overall enjoy my job and my coworkers and the work that I'm doing. Um, and often when I am feeling disheartened about my work, colonialism in general, working for uh, an institution that has historically perpetuated harm and in many ways continues to, um, there are moments where like, someone will thank me for giving them tickets because their kid had so much fun 
or one of the community curators will take their kids in to see the display that they made. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Maybe my job is worth something after all. <laughs> uh, but I, I do, I do enjoy it. I think I've, I've found um, uh, coworkers and sort of a, a niche that is a lot more supportive than I ever thought I would be. Um, I, I haven't often felt like I needed to uh, change who I was or act differently or alter parts of my identity to exist authentically. And I've really, that hasn't been true of every job I've had or every place I've been. And I do really appreciate that. Um, but also, you know, a lot of colonialism still, uh, a lot of, uh, in a, in a white dominated organization working to not even dismantle, but even begin to call into question these things that are taken and accepted as such norms. Um, but, you know, I still work there. So how bad can it be? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they pay you well. <laughs> well, that's a good thing you are there representing Jennings. I appreciate you. Uh, that's awesome. It's a whole other level of work that you're doing when you have to be the person that's constantly bringing up those things and educating the people around you. And, you know, it's not something that Native people tend to get recognized for when they're hired. So, um, which do you for doing that work to decolonize um, such a space? I think, I think museums are important. And I think that I go back and forth with, you know, how, how do we appreciate the importance of museums, but also acknowledge the uh, continued colonial um, genocide that's perpetuated by their existence? And um, I think a really good first step, like so many other things, is to have Native people in those positions, just like the legislature, just like everywhere else. Um, and if I do have just a moment, I'm going to let people know uh, the Indigenous Access Program at the Science Museum of Minnesota has free tickets for the Science Museum, the Omnimax Theater, and parking for information you can call 651-221-9444 or you can email info at smm for science museum minnesota.org and uh, they will help you make a uh make a time and make sure that everything is all set up for you to come for free and parking is very important too uh sorry jennings go ahead Oh, no, I, I would suggest you email uh, just because the phone lines can get a little bit tied up and you don't want to have to wait, but they're very good at getting back to you real fast if you email. Hey, wow. awesome. Thank you for that. We got the inside scoop here. That's awesome. <laughs> Go ahead, Zoe. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, so we have a ad break coming up pretty soon here, um, but I would love to hear about, I know we had talked about a little while ago, Jennings, um, a project you were working on regarding seed keeping or food sovereignty. Um, I wonder if, I'm just curious if you have any updates about that or where that project's heading. Um, maybe we can talk about the next segment. Yes, I'm more than happy to update you in the next segment about that. Um, but it's, it's coming along really well and we're really, we're really pleased with the direction it's going. <laughs> that's, a, that's a going on. Hey, this is Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Uh, Zoe, great job with Jennings here and Ogama with the news and great questions and uh, promoting this. Uh, it's just a really good, really good show so far. Pressure's on, though. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. 
The Senior Linkage Line is a free statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging, helping older Minnesotans and caregivers find answers and connect to services and supports. Questions about Medicare, transportation, looking to move to senior housing, overwhelmed with prescription drug plans? Call the Senior Linkage Line at 800-333-2433 or visit trellisconnects.org where we help people optimize well-being as they age. That's trellisconnects.org. Biju, I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Hey, it's Patrick. It's March, and believe it or not, it's almost time for spring cleaning. You're not the only one who's tired of winter this year because your carpets and air ducts are too. Think about the dust, dander, and bacteria living and breeding in your carpet, upholstery, air ducts, and more with nowhere to go. There's only one real way to get rid of that gunk in your home, and that's by calling our cleaning heroes at Zero Res. With Zero Res's platinum-rated cleaning systems and patented ZR water, they will extract all that nasty out of your home, and it will look and smell like a home should. And with the Zero Res Gotta Love It guarantee, you know they will take care of you. This month, get three rooms zero resified from the Twin Cities' number one carpet cleaner starting at 129 bucks, And take 75 bucks off your air duct cleaning as well to get that true spring cleaning feel. Call 952-ZERO-RES or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com right now and say you want the AM950 special. Zero Res. Hi, Minnesota. This is David Pakman, and you can catch my show weekdays at 2 p.m. for the latest in political news on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Clearing skies tonight, getting down to 13 for a low, then Wednesday sunshine with a high of 30. There's no better time than now to experience the new Maggie's Lounge at Crooner's Supper Club. Serving up light fare and cocktails, no concert ticket is required. Crooner's Supper Club, just north of 694 off Highway 65 in Fridley. Croonersmn.com Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic, honoring health and tradition. Wow, Zoe and uh, Jennings, you probably don't know who uh, Jane Fonda is, but uh, <laughs> Zoe, uh, back to you. <laughs> I was going to say, of course I know who Jane Fonda is. I actually saw her at a Line 3 protest. She walked right past me. She's a very tiny woman. She's a very tiny woman. Um, but that's anyways, where, back to Jennings. Or go that's ahead, where I got the recording. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, cool. But that's a different show. Go ahead. <laughs> different story. Um, well, yeah, we're just here with um, a good friend, Jennings Mergenthal, just talking about their work at the Science Museum of Minnesota 
And before we took a break, I just was asking them a little bit about um, a seed uh, saving or food sovereignty project that they're working on at the museum. So um, yeah, Jennings, do you want to give us just a little update or I mean, really just a overview of what that project is? Sure thing. So in the 30s, there was a dentist in Minnesota by the name of Dr. Wesley Hiller, and he wanted more than anything to be an anthropologist. Uh, but his father said, no, son, you'll be a dentist like my father and his father before him. Uh, so in addition to being a dentist, he traveled all around the U.S. to native communities and collected seeds. Um, and when he passed away um, in the, I believe, the 70s, his uh, kids were going through his stuff and went, we don't really want all of dad's weird seeds that he got uh-huh. forever. So they called uh, the Science Museum of Minnesota and donated all of these seeds. Um, uh, I believe more than 200 different different varieties. Um, some are a collection of like no more than three. Some are a, a big bag. Um, and the museum held these for uh, quite a long time. And in the uh, early 2000s began an initiative to grow them out um, with a native youth garden team and an ethnobotanist. Um, periodically over the course of many summers to see which seeds uh, are were still viable and to have sort of a living museum component of here are heirloom native seeds that we can regrow. Um, there have been a series of initiatives as well to connect the seeds back to the communities of origin, um, to, to send them the seeds, to have them grow. And if they, if, if they successfully sprout and give seeds, that um, they would have the option to give back to the museum the same number of seeds that they took initially, um, any surplus seeds were theirs. Um, this program sort of took a hit as many things did during COVID, um, but now we are working on reviving that um, using the connections of community partners in the Anishinaabe Agriculture Institute. Um, so coming this summer, we are going to be growing out uh, some of these seeds in three sites across the U.S. um, and hoping that this uh, takes root both literally and metaphorically as a program um, and allows these connections to return more seeds to the communities of origin and uh, promote promote the great food sovereignty work that organizations like the Anishinaabe Agriculture Institute are doing. Wow, uh, Zoe, I got to jump in here. First of all, when you were talking about he wanted to be a dentist, I was having flashes of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, one of the elves wanted to be the dentist. But um, that's really important. And, I, you know, uh, the seeds, uh, that's an amazing thing. So uh, we'll have to hit you up for some seeds when you get a, when you get a handful for my nation because Ho-Chunk uh, likes growing stuff too. No, absolutely. Just let me know. Wonderful. Oh, that's so cool, Jennings. Um, And I'm so glad that you could come on and and talk about that. Because I mean, when you first told me about I was like, who, what? I had no idea. There's just all these secrets that all of the museums and, you know, museums are full of secrets. But um, especially places like the Science Museum, like, when you think of Science Museum, you don't really think of, you know, huge seed catalog from indigenous nations across Turtle Island. Um, so it's really incredible that this is happening. And so you're, so can you say where you're, um, planting them in the U S or is that also, is that confidential? Tell us, Uh, tell us. It's not confidential. We'll see if I can remember. Um, one is Madeline Island, um, a group there. One is somewhere in the Southwest that I have a post-it note on my desk that says, um, and I believe the other is in the, Anishinaabe Agriculture Institute headquarters, sort of their their primary base area. Um, there's also an ongoing relationship with um, folks on the Fort Berthold Reservation to grow Three Sisters Mounds um, that has been ongoing for the past two years, a little more now. Hey, remind uh, our audience too. We have a lot of light, uh, white um, supporters out there. What the what the Three Sister Garden is? That is corn, beans, and squash. And why, do they grow them for... and why do they grow them together? All growing together so that they can uh, support each other and feed each other in a perfect sort of little example of mutual community support. 
<laughs> wow, I see a T-shirt with those uh, three rascals on, or three grandmothers. I was going to say, Jennings, you're doing a great job at being cold called. No, <laughs> I feel like we're in class again. No, just kidding, Robert. <laughs> but no, really good. Well, I'm a former teacher here. Um, <laughs> Got to keep them sure. laughing to keep their attention, right? Oh, wow. Very I'm just, just going to pop in and borrow some airtime again uh, for everybody who is listening on the radio. There is an Indigenous Access Program at the Science Museum of Minnesota, which includes free tickets for the Science Museum for the Omnimax Theater and parking. You can call 651-221-9444 or, and the better option is most likely to email info at smm.org for Science Museum Minnesota and uh, inquire about the Indigenous Access Program and they will get you set up with a time and make sure that you're able to get in and visit those things for free. Just want to take another minute to plug that because that is so exciting. That is Ogma and uh, you don't need a tribal ID, correct Jennings? That is correct. So you can all say you're related to Ogama if they ask you. <laughs> there you go. It, my tribe is the one that had the change in the blood quantum recently. So, yeah, that's, that'd probably be the one to go to. <laughs> right. Go ahead, Zoe. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, this is great. Um, I, I was going to ask if maybe we could change gears a little bit, Jennings, and talk a little bit about your puppetry work. Um, unless there's anything else you want to promote um, with the Science Museum, um, we definitely would love to have you on again um, to get some more updates on that. But um, yeah, I was just wondering if you talk about some of your artistry. Um, you do lots of different kinds of art, but in particular, I saw you have something coming up regarding puppetry. Do you have the puppet I, with you? I was hoping to see the puppet. I, I do. My puppets are all in the other room. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll grab one during the ad break. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm working on a puppet show about uh, Korean cooking and colonialism. Uh, I am also Korean. Uh, my dad is a, is a Korean adoptee. And um, so the show uh, centers around a, an adoptee Korean chef who is uh, a puppet and is reconnecting with his uh, cultural identity and what it means to be adopted and what it means to be um, experience colonialism in these various ways. Um, and throughout his journey on his the setup of his cooking show, he encounters a variety of fun ingredients, um, a, a talking head of cabbage, uh, a can of Spam who fought in World War II, um, uh, a bottle of soy sauce that uh, is really into apologizing for war crimes um, and a variety of traditional Korean theater masks and characters that uh, uh, complement him, engage him, educate him as he sort of goes on this journey of, of self-discovery um, and through, through cooking, which is, you know, a, a great way to, to connect and really brings people together. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know the background on the puppet. You know, you have so many different characters. Um, just for our listeners, this is a quick story. Um, one of the most infamous characters is Lester. Um, so Jennings created a Twitter account. Well, Lester. Lester created a Twitter account. Um <laughs> for McAllister and was pretty ruthless and you know just t telling the truth about what was going on with our school um there was lots of things that we went through um in our four years one of which was um the renaming or I guess unnaming of the uh Edward Neal Hall now the humanities building um so maybe that's something we can talk about next segment too Jennings because that is quite a story um but I, I guess really quick for our listeners, how does one get into puppetry? And is there an organization or a group that you're working with to put this on? Wait, Jennings, can you do it in a, the puppet's voice when you I sure can. So Lester sounds something like this. And, um, <laughs> uh, he uh, apologized to anyone listening loudly uh, with the volume turned up. Uh, and I, Zoe, I can't believe you've outed me as as the source of Lester here live on the radio. Um but no, I've I've done I've done puppet stuff since uh, since middle school. Um, I did I've done throughout my my secondary education. I did one puppet related project every year. Uh, sometimes as 
usually part of a school project. Um, sometimes the prompt was do a puppet show. Sometimes it was do something creative. And I said, I'm going to do a puppet show. Um, and I was able to continue that through, through college as well. Um, but I've been developing this puppet show through um, Puppet Lab, which is now at Open Eye Theater um, in Minneapolis and has a, a really great program for sort of supporting emerging artists as they start to develop a solo show um, or a show with other people uh, around around an original idea um, and really gives support and throughout the process. And I'm, I'm excited to, uh, for it to be over so I can have free time again, but I'm also excited to do it. I can't wait to see the puppet. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Jennings, you're rocking. We'll be right back. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong? Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate? Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Wow, really interesting. Uh, go. Oh, I'm sorry, Zoe, Zoe, go ahead. Oh, I just have to do a really important promotion for um, Howling for Wolves. Get ready, um, Jenny. One of our really incredible supporters. Um, Howling for Wolves protects wolves for future generations. How? Hey. <laughs> uh, he's got... Uh, they got the puppet. That's cool. Go ahead. Go ahead, Zoe. Oh, thanks for joining um, in on that howl, Jennings. That was, um, you know, kind of a standard on our show. Um, and I see you brought a little friend. And I'm so sorry to our listeners who aren't witnessing this, but Jennings has a little puppet. Um, what animal is that? I know it's some kind of crazy animal. Uh, this is an axolotl. Axolotl. I knew that one. My I daughter loves too. axolotls. I did too. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So uh, I guess I was going to ask a little more about the renaming of um, Neil Hall that you and I were both a part of. Um, I believe it was, oh gosh, when was, what year was that? Was that 2019, 2018? And if we can find a way to incorporate the puppet, of course, um, really important in telling the story. Um, 
And I guess this just, I know this is pretty McAllister specific, but it really does, um, you know, it's a, it's a trend among schools right now to start really engaging with a long history of settler colonialism. Um, and, you know, we've seen things like the U of M starting to try and return some land to Fond du Lac um, and other schools um, returning items that they had stolen from indigenous communities. So I think that this story really fits into the broader broader scheme of repatriation. Um, so yeah, Jennings, do you want to talk a little bit about what it took to get that building renamed um, and why it had to be? Absolutely. So uh, in 2014, uh, McAllister named a one of the buildings, uh, formerly the Humanities Building, after the founder, Edward Neal. Um, and Edward Neal was one of the early settlers in Minnesota. He uh, was noted in his time for being particularly racist, especially against indigenous people, and also uh, opposing co-education. He felt that McAllister should be a men's only college forever. Um, and in 2014, the uh, the college decided to name a building after him. But in fairness, you know, uh, Google had not been invented in 2014, so there was no way for them to to possibly know about the things that he said because it's not like they were easily accessible and known to people at the college at the time. Um, so the name was restored. The controversy sort of uh, died out as many of the people who were aware of it graduated or left. Um, and we began as part of the continuing and ongoing Native student uh, organization effort to uh, draw attention to Edward Neal's life and what he did and the things he believed and how he perhaps shouldn't be honored in this particular way. Um, The uh, Mac Weekly, the college paper, did a sort of an expose around the naming of the building and other buildings as well on campus as part of uh, a push to re-examine who the college commemorates and why. This was just after the Bidet Makaska name restoration, so naming and renaming was very much on people's minds. And uh, it did not get a lot of internal traction until it started to be covered by uh, press outlets like the Pioneer Press and the Star Tribune. Um, And then very quickly, the college reversed course and said, uh, yes, we will take Edward Neal's name away from the building. We will return this building to the Humanities Building. Um, and we will not start a broader conversation about which donors and influential figures from our history are commemorated. We will treat this as a single discrete instance um, and, you know, slap the Band-Aid on that gaping hole. We did it. We changed the name. We solved the problem. Um, And the building is still called the Humanities Building. Discussions are ongoing uh, around what it should be renamed to and why. Um, But yeah, it's I think it's really interesting as our own little piece of the naming and renaming controversy, because some people felt this was a good idea. Some people, particularly those in the Star Tribune comment section, felt that this was the worst thing that has ever happened in the world ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so uh, debate rages. It's impossible to tell if it was good or bad. Do you know you two uh, Mac students at the Ramsey Junior High was renamed uh, down the street from your old school? Yes. Um, And I think it's hidden. That was also a student driven effort. And I think it's really, really important to draw attention to when these aren't just things that, you know, the the malcontents that go to McAllister College care about. These are things that middle schoolers are aware of, care about, and can enact change about. Uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. That was such a time, wasn't it? I, I'm still remembering. Um, well, Jennings and I were actually featured in the Star Tribune, and I'll have to find the picture um, at some point. It's a great picture. It's a good picture. Maybe next time we have you on Jennings, we can put it up. Um, but I just remember the um, the photographer coming up to us, and we were like, I don't know what you want us to do, like, a building was renamed. I What's mean, stoic. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was like, I just, I really want you to um, think about everything it took for you to get to this moment and just kind of capture that in your face. And <laughs> yeah, the, the, that was Jennings' translation. I was like, okay, thanks, Jennings. That I can understand what you just said. I have no idea what this guy is talking about. Um, but oh, yeah, no, it was really, it was a really important thing and also just created a lot of I think more visibility for indigenous students on campus um yeah I I guess were there any other kind of 
effects or outcomes of that that you witnessed, Jennings, in the in the last couple of years you were there after? Well, it seems to have left a big impression because people from McAllister keep asking me to talk about it. Um, so it's a little. Some people said that uh, they their decision, they, watching the coverage of the renaming, is what inspired them to go to McAllister. So Zoe, wow. we are to blame for that, and we should be <laughs> overcome with guilt uh, until the end of our lives. I am so sorry to all the indigenous students. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I think there's a growing. Um, indigenous community at McAllister. And actually there's a really long history of really, really incredible people, indigenous people coming out of McAllister. Um, people like Gabby Strong, um, who heads an organization and and just other, I mean, I don't even know. There's some really incredible alums. Oh, Ajwak, Ajwak Capiche. Um, yeah. Chris Griffith, who runs Z Puppets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> local, oh, yeah. regular celebrities. Bob Dylan's son, he went to... Oh, uh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did in the 80s, and then he became a big rock star in his own right, too. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so th this has been a really interesting show. Uh, yeah. I always thought of uh, Berkeley, or as uh, McAllister, and I'm talking, I'm 60, uh, Jennings, so give me a break, okay? Uh, that... Uh, that uh, McAllister was the Berkeley of the Midwest because we had people from all over the country with very liberal leanings that went to that school. Has that has that changed uh, at all, or or is it pretty even? Um, because it was very very liberal back in the seventies and eighties. I th I think that's that's continued, and I think the the biggest difference is now the um, in addition to a draw from internationally there's also a draw from all levels of the socioeconomic ladder weighted more heavily towards one direction and you'll never guess which one <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep we need nice new football stadiums even though we don't do super well when it comes to that sport but yeah well, again when i was uh a young and uh, mcallister had the record for most uh losses in a row it was something like 84 losses in a row it went through uh 10 years or so but uh sounds like you guys are getting and proud of it <laughs> yeah they definitely were proud of it zoe uh let's end this and maybe ogma give a quick uh quick shout out on how to uh, get those free tickets too yeah, absolutely. To participate in the Indigenous Access Program at the Science Museum of Minnesota, go over to their website or uh, email info at smm.org and you can get free tickets for the Science Museum, Omnimax, and for Peeny Giggy Zoe and Jennings for being on. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. We're still here. We are the seventh generation free Leonard Peltier now.